Napa know-how. Why should you get a five-quart jug of Napa conventional oil plus a Pro Select oil filter for $15.99? Because the dog days of summer are just as hard on your engine as they are on you. So get your five-quart jug of Napa conventional oil plus a Pro Select oil filter for just $15.99. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General state's pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.19. What's going on and welcome into That Being Said podcast with myself, Sammy Georgeur. And me, George Georgeur. And uh, we just got done recording our second podcast of the day. Today's Tuesday. It's uh, 6 o'clock at night here. If you're Episode. listening to this one, this is going to be coming out on Wednesday. Yes, coming out on Wednesday, but I'm just saying. We're recording. Right. Yeah, uh, so you'll be hearing it on Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> episode 538. Um, we did it with Matthew Griffin, uh, all the way from Hampton, Virginia, I believe. Right, yeah, Hampton, Virginia, uh, doing the Eric Hunter story, number nine, the Eric Hunter documentary on YouTube. Um, a lot about Eric Hunter, who was a Purdue quarterback, eventually, you know, got murdered. But it's all about mental health, uh, the journey of Eric Hunter, and and kind of just learning more about the story. Yeah, absolutely. It was really cool. Um, one of our, you know, we kind of dived into some really deep topics about, you know, your mental health, drug abuse. And, you know, when someone like Eric Hunter, who, you know, he was a senior bowl MVP. And if we were looking at the list. Every senior bowl MVP basically makes the NFL and has a career and stuff. And unfortunately for Eric, some, you know, we will see in the documentary on YouTube and you'll hear in this podcast. Things at some point went awry, awry and, um, you know, unfortunately in 2017 he was murdered. So yeah, I think you guys really like this podcast and it touches on a lot of important topics. Yeah, and of course, if you do want to watch the documentary before you yeah. uh, watch podcast or listen to the podcast, you can always find, just type in uh, the number nine Eric Conner documentary on Netflix or on uh, <laughs> YouTube. He wants it one day on Netflix, yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, on YouTube, and you can find it. It's by No Sky LLC. Um, but yeah, big on mental health, ties into sports, ties into some interesting stories. You actually learn a lot about like the dominance of Virginia football and everything. Yeah. You Google, there's a shit ton of uh, athletes out of there. Hampton, Virginia. Yeah, like Tyrod Taylor went to that high school, and Allen Iverson's from that area, and a bunch of other athletes. Yeah, it, it's pretty wild. Um, but yeah, it's episode 530 like i said and uh we just had a podcast yesterday well you're gonna be hearing on this wednesday so yesterday about the nba finals preview so you could check that out too and then i will be going live every after every game hopefully in the nba finals to find us on at highlights on twitter s-o-n-t highlights so you can check out our all week coverage of the nba finals sounds great all right and uh before we get started the podcast you're gonna hear quick intro music by Jacob West. You can find him anywhere. Um, any music platforms, type in JCB in a space WST. And uh, enjoy the pod. I know, you know, we know why. I know, you know, we know why. You feeling my baseline, feeling my, feeling my baseline. You feeling my baseline, you feeling, you feeling my baseline. All right, welcome in. Uh, today we are here with Matt Griffin from No Sky LLC, and we're going to be talking the number nine, the Eric Hunter documentary. Um, obviously, I'm your co-host, Sammy Georgeur. And I'm George Georgeur. We're coming at you recorded and direct from the Sun Hub. Welcome in today. Uh, I do want to give you guys a quick bio. Um, 
about the documentary that we're going to be talking about. So everyone's got to go check it out on YouTube. You can look it up. Number nine, the Eric Hunter documentary um, made by Matt Griffin. He's with us here today. Um, you can find him on Instagram, Thoughts Matter 1982. I'm going to give you guys a quick the bio from YouTube about what this is about, um, and then we'll get into it. Uh, this documentary is about Eric Hunter. He was an African-American quarterback at the University of Purdue from 1989 to 1993. He was a four-year starter who overcame much adversity to rise to excellence. Unfortunately, after original coach left and the new staff came in, things took a turn for the worst. After several injuries, a rape allegation that was dismissed, a coaching staff and a head coach he did not see eye to eye with. Eric and his mental health took the biggest blow. Uh, Eric was never the same after the come after he came back home. Eric developed a drug addiction with a diagnosed a bipolar disorder, um, and unfortunately, for reasons unknown, Eric was murdered in their hometown of Hampton, Virginia. Um, this is all about the story. So long live Eric Hunter. Once again, you can find that number nine, the Eric Hunter documentary on YouTube, um, and it's by No Sky LLC. Is the YouTube channel there and um, that is Matt Griffin, and he's with us today. How you doing, Matt? Hey, what's going on, guys? How y'all doing? We're doing good, man. Doing Th- great. Thanks for coming on, man. Uh, it was a great documentary, a great story, and uh, I'm really looking forward to you know finding out more from you on you know how the documentary was filmed and more about Eric Hunter and the story you were trying to portray there. Yeah, I mean, let's just start with, I mean, just be open, like like we were saying, it's a conversation, just, we're starting off with the documentary here, tell us all about it, the inspiration, the meaning behind it to you, whatever you want to say, you know, just okay. open up here about well, the, the documentary. The, um, the reason for the documentary is, uh, first of all, Eric Hunter was the premier quarterback coming out of uh, a great, great high school by the name of Hampton High School. Uh, great players such as um, Tyrod Taylor played for Hampton High School. Uh, Ronald Curry who was an All-American uh, quarterback uh, in high school and played uh, at the University of North Carolina. Yeah. Of course, Tyrod Taylor is now a quarterback with the um, 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 with the Browns. So um, Hampton High School is legendary. Eric Hunter who happened to graduate in 89 and went to the University of Purdue, he was um, 6'5", 230 pounds. And that was unprecedented unprecedented back back in those days, especially for African-American quarterback mm-hmm. to go to the University of Purdue, yeah. uh, which is predominantly white school. And for him to come from where we come from, we come from very um, depriving situations. Uh, we come from the system. You know, the Section 8, the food stamps, the, the USDA, you know, the, the no fathers in the home, the crack ep- epidemic hit, hit Virginia hard in the 80s. You know, for, for him to make it out of here and to go to a prestigious university such as Purdue and not only go, but go in as a fourth-string quarterback, end up, you know, being the starting quarterback, I believe it was the last four to six games of the season, as a freshman and went on to starting, that's, that's, un, that's unheard of. Yeah. His story, I had to tell it because, you know, me and Eric share a similar situation. Uh, the mental health issue in today's society um, is very huge. And it's something that's never talked about 
often enough unless someone is um, killed or you know there's a lot of these school shootings you know that happen there's always a mental health issue behind these kids that actually kill there's always you know he was on you know he was bipolar you know he was schizophrenic whatever it was it was always a mental health issue but why do we only talk about mental health after something tragic happened yeah, it seems you know, that does what it seems like. It only, sorry to cut you off there, but it's only talked about after tragedy strikes. It's never talked about before or how to prevent it from getting worse. It's always this happened. Oh, he, there was a mental health issue. Exactly, and that's the tragedy in America is that we only talk about tragedy after the tragedy happens. But it's more of a tragedy to talk about it after. It's more of a tragedy not to talk about it before it happens. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. With, with Eric's case, you know, I went online not too long ago. I looked at Purdue University and their rankings of quarterbacks. They have Eric Hunter ranked number 19. That's 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 an insult, you know, to his to what he did there was unprecedented. You know, he was the Randall Cunningham. He was the up and cunning Randall Cunningham in the NFL without question. Yeah, I mean, I saw and, even he won for. Uh, Big Ten freshman of the year, his first, uh, you know, as a freshman. Am I correct? Exactly. Yeah. You, played in, you started your last four to six games, and you are the freshman of the year in that division. You're talking like back when, like, it was, you know, that that, that division was extremely hard. And you're the the, the, the Pac-10 freshman of the year? Are you crazy? Yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? This team was insane. You know what I mean? It, it was crazy, and... I truly believe Eric did not get the just due that he deserved while he was at Purdue University. Um, and unfortunately, the, the tragic situation of um, him losing it pretty much, um, that's why I had to do the documentary because, like I said, Eric and his mental health, to give you a little background about myself, I was an athlete myself, been an athlete my whole life. Uh, in 1994, I was 12 years old. I was diagnosed with uh, pretty much bipolar, mm -hmm. uh, emotionally disturbed, and I was 12 years old. I was placed in a psychiatric hospital for about three months. Also, I was placed in special education from sixth grade through 12th grade until my graduation from high school in 2001. You know, so going from, and being in a mental hospital, that wasn't even the, the blow that really hit me. It was being in special education. You know, because you go from being in, in, a, in a 35, 40-room classroom your whole life, you know, kindergarten through fifth grade, now towards the end of sixth grade, they're like, hold up, we're going to put you in this classroom where it's like five kids. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you mm -hmm. go from being an uh, energetic, young kid, athletic kid, to being ostracized. Yeah, and then you lose your confidence at that point, too, especially at that Not age. Only do you, yes, your confidence, your self-esteem. You know, so being in that classroom, you know, it, it messes with your ego, it messes with your pride. And, you know, I just now was able to start talking about my experiences of being in special education and being in a psychiatric hospital. Probably, I probably started talking about it maybe five or six years ago. And I've been out of high school almost 20 years. But it's wow. just now <laughs> able to talk about it because it's such... You know, it was you know how it was in school. It's like, oh, you're an LD. You're you know you're you're in a slow class, which was yeah. so untrue. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I was very bright. I was very intelligent. You know, very very intelligent. But it it when it ostracizes you and it puts you in this box, it makes you feel like it's as far as you can go. 
And with society, I would probably say statistically about 65% of African-American males who are in prison were in a special education program. Wow, that's a, that's a number. I mean, that's a crazy number to think about. Exactly. That, that is, special education is, is, is the gateway to prison, period. Point blank. Because think about it. They put me in a, in a classroom that pretty much looked like a prison cell. So they were trying to get in my head, this is as far as you're going to go in life. Look around. These four walls, because this is going to be your home. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But fortunately, and by the grace of God, I knew who I was, and I overcame that. You know, but I had to go through the system, and it was hard. You know, it was very hard being on medication. I was on Paxil, Zoloft, Prozac, all these different medications. You know, and being in the in the psychiatric hospital, you know, that was that was a turning point in my life. My childhood ended at twelve years old. Yeah, it's I especially never knew my childhood after twelve. Especially, I mean, you're dating back. What this is a uh, twenty, thirty years ago, right? Uh, yeah 24 years ago i mean that especially i know mental health is definitely talked about more now and i still think it there's so much more room for growth where it's not frowned upon but especially back then you know people used to say that's not manly it's not you know it's oh you're fine rub some dirt on it like it was it was such a topic that was so like People made it look bad to have mental health. Had a bad health. stigma. Yeah, it was it was such a you know like oh it's mental health issues like something's wrong with this person. Where at least now you know it's a little more people understand the meaning of it a little more. But I imagine back then it was really hard to deal with because not only are you being told you have some uh, mental health disease that people probably didn't take that serious or try to make you feel bad about, but then they put you in special education, which now they're even more just trying to tell you like, look, this is your life. This is you. You know, there is things wrong with you and this is all you got. And I'm sure that was something really hard to deal with at that age. Well, definitely because, you know, like I said, I was an athletic kid. You know, I grew up in, I grew up on the system. My mom was a single parent, mm-hmm. just much like Eric. You know, Eric come from the same type of background. Father wasn't really around. You know, uh, but Eric Eric found his 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 gift in playing football. You know, and he was great at it. You know, and he he overcame a lot of a lot of stigma. You know, when he was in college and when he got that rape allegation. You know, I tell people this: once somebody come out and say you raped them, if you did it or you didn't do it, it doesn't matter because now you have a tag on. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you look at a few years ago, you think about the Duke lacrosse team. And look what happened to that whole entire team. One 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 female said he raped they raped me. Come to find out it was it wasn't true. But just imagine how how even now to this day that still lingers with them for the rest of their life. Right. Even uh, you know, you know and, someone like Jameis Winston right now in, in the NFL whether or not, I mean, the, the charge was dropped and whether or not it happened or didn't happen, which we'll never know. The only two people who know are probably him and her. But, I mean, that stigma is still following around now till today. And it, look at it from the lack of endorsements he gets overall and to how even fans seem to treat him and the stuff they probably yell at him while he's playing. And you, that's a stigma that once you get an allegation, it follows you around and it sticks. 
And, and, and you know what's crazy is it's crazy that you said that because to keep it raw and to keep it authentic, we have to address the, the issue behind that. You right. look at Eric Hunter, African American quarterback. Okay, you go back in the history, and if we got to keep it real, we got we got this a podcast. We gonna keep it one hundred, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You look back fifty years ago. Let's just say, let's just say the seventies. They did not want an African American quarterback. Period in the NFL, college. Period. Period. Point blank. That's the one position they're like, okay. Well, and I'm going to keep it 100 with you. It's like niggas, niggas can play running back, niggas can play wide receiver because niggas are fast and they can jump. But quarterback in a thinking man's position, right? So they already look at you as being like, oh, you can't think. You're a nigga. You're black. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can run. You can jump. You can do all those other things. When it comes to running the team and making decisions, you can't do that. So you look at history. Okay, look at James Winston. Look at Eric Hunter. Oh, but look at Ben Roethlisberger. Right. And, you know, the... the you see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, and, and to just go off on that, now I, now I think it's gotten a lot better. And now, you know, I feel like, you know, everyone's getting that opportunity and it's not quite like that. But to go to your point, I, I mean, even someone like Stephen A. Smith made a mistake here before the draft. Um, got, ooh, the Ohio State quarterback. Dwayne Haskins. Did Dwayne- you hear about this? You remember this? No, what happened with Dwayne? No, I didn't hear about this. Yeah, I mean, Stephen, Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, Stephen A. Smith. They were like, "Oh well, I think uh, Dwayne Haskins. I wouldn't draft him because he's more of a running quarterback than a pocket passer." When Dwayne Haskins is a prototypical pocket passer, and he doesn't even scramble. So yeah, Stephen A. Smith, who's also an African American man, you know, he just, you know, he's oh Dwayne Haskins, uh, African American quarterback. He's probably a runner. I'm just gonna say it, right? And it's like. It kind of shows that stereotype that nobody likes to talk about, but that it's like pretty much in everyone's mind, the African-American quarterback must just be a running quarterback, you know, that that's his main you know skill. What? You're right. I mean, you got you to gotta call a spade a spade. I'm telling you, I'm keeping 100 with you. Yeah. Michael yeah. Vick is from my same neighborhood, same area. He's from New York, yeah. from Hampton, right? Yep. In high school, it was wrong. You can, you can Google. Google wrong, Carrie. Ronald Curry was the man. Period. Point blank, no question about did, it. Didn't Ronald Curry also, I remember in North Carolina, did he, didn't he also play on the basketball team too, right? Exactly. Yeah. point guard. Yeah, I remember that. He was a quarterback and a point then, guard. Yeah, back then, Curry was that guy. Yeah. Okay, Vic goes to Virginia Tech, Curry goes to North Carolina, Vic blows up, bam. Vic goes to the NFL, does his thing. You know, I think Vic kind of broke that mold. But, but you look at him, look at the Randall Cunningham. You know what right. I mean? Dante Culpepper's. You know what I'm saying? It's like right. the African-American quarterback, yes, typically are more are greater runners. And, yeah, but you have someone who can pass. But, unfortunately, once again, sometimes we bring things on ourselves. You know what I mean? Big in the dogfighting situation. Right. You know what I'm saying? That 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 messes it up for a lot of other African American quarterbacks coming into the league because now they're like, hmm, you know, yeah, he might be a good runner, he might be a good passer, but he got something else to him. Like there's something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There was there's something, and getting and, 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 and getting back to Eric. Honestly, I'm keeping 100 with you. Michael Vick. I'm gonna tell, okay. I'm gonna tell you the four quarterbacks. I'm gonna tell you the top five quarterbacks. 
from the Hampton Newport News area. Now, Hampton Newport News is like the Homish County and like Everett. Yeah. Probably. It's like neck and neck, right? They're right next to each other. Okay, so you got from the 757, you got Eric Hunter, Allen Iverson, Ronald Curry, Michael Vick, Tyrod Taylor, and Aaron Brooks. I remember Aaron Brooks from New Orleans Saints. They're all within a five-mile radius of each other. So a lot of good athletes from that area in general. Great athletes. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. They're not even talking about the Bruce Smith, the Lawrence Taylors. They all come from here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And for Eric to come out of this and to go to Purdue and to do what he did, unprecedented. Unprecedented, man. And I think, honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. I honestly believe he went to the wrong college. I honestly feel like Purdue was just too far away from home. Yeah, And he didn't have the support. That he would have had if he would have went somewhere a little closer to home. Or, to be honest with you, well, there was more people that looked like him. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, some, sometimes like being too close to home is not good, but sometimes being too far from home is also just as bad. <laughs> you know, exactly. you know, so it's like exactly. there's a lot of I, I mean, you like you were saying, you know, Hampton, you're saying is not the, you know, a lot of uh, an unfortunate, a lot of people in unfortunate circumstances there. So sometimes it's good to get away from that and be in a better environment. But sometimes you also want to be close enough to where your cousins are near you, your family's near you. You're having a bad day. You can go home rather than being, you know, halfway across the country, isolated by yourself. And when something like you know, the rape allegations come upon you, you don't really have anyone to turn to or anyone you can trust to, you know, be close to, take advice from, or, you know, find out how to take care of the situation. Exactly. And with and with Eric's situation, you know, even though the charges were dropped, you know, I do believe that played a huge part in his downfall. You well, know, especially with mental health involved. I mean, that, that kind exactly. of stuff messes with people's minds you know like that really just exactly it kills you inside exactly and you know he still came back and balled out he still came back and he was out doing like uh it was some top quarterback i can't think of the top quarterbacks back when he was playing but he was like on the top of the top and um when he came back i believe it was a michigan game when he came back and threw like three touchdowns like in the second half and they came back and won the game it was just you know it was no question that Eric Hunter was going to the NFL. There's no questions about it, you know. And um, the Senior Bowl, he was uh, the backup quarterback, and he still won MVP of the Senior Bowl. He was the backup quarterback and won MVP, the backup, and he still won MVP. Like, what does that tell you? Like, uh, this dude is the truth. Yeah. You know, and you're 6'5", 230? Come on. So... I guess my question, what do you think happened there between, you know, in Purdue where he was on the trajectory and on the right path to getting into the NFL and making a career? And then, I mean, for anyone who hasn't seen the documentary, you'll be you'll go back and see he unfortunately got, you know, murdered for, like you said, reasons unknown. What what? What stopped him, you believe, from taking that turn into the right path? Because if you, let's say he did make the NFL and took care of himself and, you know, you get to the NFL, you make good money, you have a good career, I, he'd probably still be around today. I mean, he was a young man when he 
passed away. Well, where where do you think it all went wrong? Man, that's hard to say, man. Because when you watch a documentary, Todd Kelly, another first round NFL draft pick from Hampton, went to Bethel High School. Big up to Todd Kelly. As he talked about in the documentary, you know, him and Todd played. They was roommates together for the Senior Bowl. Yep. And like Todd said, you know, after the Senior Bowl, he just snapped. He just lost it. Um, man, you know. Some people might call was it the CTE or the, the head the head trauma the, the, the concussion CTE yeah. you know you know Will Smith did that movie about that you know it, it, there's so much so many allegations what could have happened um, and then you read in the uh, if you Google if you Google him and you read the, the paper that came out about Eric they had a story in there about how Eric uh, supposedly allegedly went into the dorm room and was brandishing a knife. And was and was saying, you know, he was like he was on a mission from God. You know, this was after the senior boat. You know what I mean? So I, there's no there's no way of, of, of knowing what happened. Um, I would hate. Now I'm gonna tell you this. Mm. I would hate to believe, but I'm not gonna rule it out. I would hate to believe someone did something to Eric put something in his drink, did something to him. You know, because it, it just doesn't seem right. How did you go from being this star that's all-American to not even knowing, you know, not even really being in your right mind? It just really makes you wonder, does it, does it go back to he's too much of a quarterback for a school that predominantly has white quarterbacks? Let's just be honest. Right. Well, he's getting too much, you know. Like, no, he's getting too much. We got, we got to put an end to this. You know, it makes you want it. It goes back to the '80s. Look at Lynn Bias. Lynn Bias was like the number one overall draft pick. Died like two days later after the draft. After the draft, NBA draft, because you know they say it was a cocaine or something like that overdose. But right. come on, be real. You know, once again, an African American athlete is like, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like. And Bob's with the Maryland. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. And, that, and that's the tragedy of it because growing up as a kid, Eric was about, see, I'm 36. Eric was like 10 years younger. I mean, 10 years older than me. 10, 12 years older. Yes. I remember growing up in the neighborhood and football was his religion around here. You know, we're not the size of Texas or California. But I tell you what, when it comes to that high school football, Hampton, the 757, you know, the whole entire Virginia, but the 757 Peninsula District, Hampton High, Kickatan, Phoebus, Bethel, all our new new schools, Heritage, Woodside, all of us have talent. And then you go across the water, Oscar Smith, um, the, where Percy Harvey came from, um, you know, guys like that. Um, um, Bruce Smith came from that side of the world. You know, we can go against any state and give them a run for their money, it's not dominating because we come from that. So growing up, all I heard about was Eric, 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 number nine, Eric Hunter, number nine, and he was doing it. And he came from a program that dominated. If you Google Hampton High School, Hampton, Virginia, Hampton High School is the 10th school in the nation to get 810 victories. The 10th school in the nation. That's, think how big the nation is. They're the 10th high school. So Eric came from a dominating school, yeah. you know, 
And, uh, and he was a legend of that dominating school. Like you said, you grew exactly. up you grew exactly. up with his name just, you know, resonating in your life. You know, a lot of times, he's, especially in, you know, communities where high school football is huge and stuff or even high school basketball or whatever sport it may be. A lot of times you hear a person's name and they become a local celebrity. They become more famous than the town themselves, you know. So sometimes that could be the product, you know, when – for someone like Eric, and I, this is just, you know, speculation, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but, you know, sometimes being from a, he came from Hampton where he was the star and he was the most important thing at that time because he was so gifted and so good at football to go to Purdue so far away and he's just another guy. It's not easy and that can play a role in your mental health as well. You feel like you almost go from being a legend to just another guy, you know, like I'm just another quarterback in the system and I'm not, yeah, like I'm not the... Uh, the superhero of this this county anymore, you know. Well, definitely. I mean, you know, I believe when he went to Purdue, he had to Purdue, he had to prove himself. Yeah. And he did that, you know, because he was still dominant. He had that. Eric was a beast. He was a monster. He, he just, I mean, he had his heart was bigger than his game. Eric did not. And Eric was. I'm telling you, man. Eric was Muhammad Ali and cleats. He talked that talk and he walked that walk. Period. He will knock you out. <laughs> Period. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's... You know, you ask, ask Grant Hill. Eric Hunter, Hampton High School, played against Grant Hill. Yes, the NBA legend, Grant Hill. Eric Hunter, Hampton Crabbers, went against Grant Hill and his team their senior year of high school. Eric came back and won that game for Hampton. You ask Grant Hill. Get Grant Hill on your show. <laughs> Grant Hill. If you can help us Grant get him on here. Yeah. If, you, if you know, if you got a connection to Grant Hill, we'd love to have him on. Yeah. Yes, because Grant Hill remembers Eric Hunter. I think Eric was almost, I think Eric was 44 in basketball. Don't quote me, but I think he was. But ask Grant Hill because that school from D.C. just knew they was going to come down here and dominate Hampton. Eric rallied the team together, got them boys together. They went out there. Eric Hunter, Kevin Swan. Kevin Swan, I'm sorry. He was another, uh, um, he was a basketball legend. You know, uh, I believe Damon Bako was playing at the time, they went to the University of Alabama. I'm telling you, man, get Grant Hill on your show. Grant Hill cannot lie to you. He remembers Eric Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. He remembers Eric. Eric was just guy dominant in football, but dominant on the basketball field. But obviously, football was his was his gift. But, um, you know, to have all that glory, you know, and for him to go to Purdue, it, it inspired young men such as myself, you know, that we can come out of these circumstances and go to these big colleges and dominate. And Eric set the tone. I tell anybody, man, before there was a Ronald Carey, Allen Iverson, Mike Vick, Tyrod Taylor, like I told you in the documentary, it was Eric Hunter. He laid the foundation. Point blank period. Point blank period. Eric was that guy going into the 90s. He represented and he showed people, hey, I'm going to dominate and I'm not going to change my position. I'm not going to go play wide receiver. I'm not playing tight end. I'm No, I'm playing quarterback. And he did it and he did it with... With, with, with passion. Yeah, and you, you know, know the the thing that with a lot of these stories that are uh, that have these tragic endings, you know, with like drug abuse or what, like you you mentioned, Len Bias, and obviously with Eric Hunter, I feel like a lot of the time it could even just be like the the pressure of proving yourself all the time. You know, that could lead. Like, obviously, I'm really into talking about mental health and stuff. And when you do have mental health illnesses, it is sometimes like 
one of those situations where when something becomes so much pressure, so much responsibility, it does take a toll on you. You know, like, you know, Eric could have been one of those guys that felt the pressure, felt the like, you know, he tried to lead a movement. It it is hard being one of the first African-American quarterbacks at a university and, and, and doing that. And maybe, you know, sometimes in life the pressure gets so big or, you know, the burden on your shoulders gets so big that it does lead to a breakdown, which is the sad truth with mental health. Well, definitely. Um, I believe in Eric's case, like I said, again, unfortunately, coming from the circumstances that we come from, coming from our neighborhoods, you know, such as the Shell Roads, where I come from, these environments, you know, we don't have the resources like a lot of other kids in better communities have the resources. And, you know, I, I argue and debate did Eric have issues going to Purdue? You know what I mean? Right. Something that was already there, and, and it just so happened, like you said, the pressure of knowing that your whole family is depending on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you're pretty much going to be the breadwinner. You uh, know what absolutely. I mean? And in the, in the, in the documentary, his sister, I believe his sister Felicia talked about how he called back home and told his mom, you know, go start looking for a house. Because he knew he was going to the league, you right. know. And when you have that pressure on you, your whole family is depending on you. You're, you're the man of the house. You're, you know what I mean. You're, you're the, you're the Pac-10 freshman of the year. You're the, you're the, um, the, the, the MVP of the Senior Bowl. Everything is aligned, and all of a sudden to have it snatched from you like that—that that will pretty much that, that will drive anybody crazy. Absolutely, yeah. and that's probably <laughs> part of the big pressure, right? I mean. That could be part of the big pressure where it is. Uh, I know. And you know the sad, the sad, and then not to cut you off. The oh. really sad, and what really touched me, what really made me do about this documentary about Eric. I don't understand. I used to see Eric growing up, and it was sad to see because Eric would be talking to himself. You know, it's like he didn't even really know he was here. And it broke my heart because coming from the special education system, having to go to school and people to talk about you and say things about you, not to your face, but you know people was looking at you and talking and pointing fingers. I know the obscurity. I know how it feels to feel broken. I know how it feels to feel lonely. I know how it feels to feel like the whole world's on your shoulders. And when I used to see Eric, I used to say to myself, man, how do we as a community allow this to happen? And I'm talking to my African-American people, especially in the 757, directly to you guys. How do we let that happen? Eric was the epitome of a football, epitome of a quarterback. Epitome. And, and, you know, uh, just to go off of that, like we were doing some research here, you know, you said he won the Senior Bowl MVP. If you just go down the list of quarterbacks who've won the Senior Bowl MVP after Eric, not just quarterbacks, or Look just at, players in a, general, Ladanian Thomason, Chad, Cade McNown, Antoine Randall, Larry Johnson, Philip Rivers, uh, Charlie Fry. I mean, Christian Ponder, EJ Manuel, Dak Prescott, Daniel Basically, Jones. All, every MVP of the Senior Bowl, Bowl is in the NFL. It was in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. See, exactly. So it's like. And matter of fact, E.J. Manuel, 757. 
Hey man, with this as as our company grows, man, we we got to come out to a high school football game and see what it's all about out there one day. Oh, oh man, let me tell you something, man. Let me tell, let me tell you. You ever seen Friday Night Lights? Yeah, man, I'm Friday. telling you. Yeah. It is a different. If you ever seen the Remember Titans, the love that the community has for that team, and TC Williams. Matter of fact, Hampton High School. Matter of fact, I'm gonna, tell, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna connect the dots for you. Yep. The team that that was on Remember the Titans, TC Williams. Okay. Yep. They was Hampton High's rival when Eric Hunter was the quarterback. All right, that's so they, how deep this goes. Yeah, so that, yeah. That, that's what the area is. Like, the only thing I have close to that was when I, I used to live in Miami, Florida for a few years. And Miami Central High School and Miami High School were, at that point, number like two and three in the nation in football. And they, you know, they had, uh, who's that a running back um, for the Florida, played at the Florida State Seminoles and then in the NFL for the Vikings a few years ago. Um, he just got hurt. But we, we, we Right. Uh, no, um, he was last year was his second year. He tore his ACL. I forget his name, but you know when there is a high school football community that is really behind it. I mean, high school football, there's nothing more fun and more passionate than that. Oh no, no doubt. And you know, Hampton when they played TC Williams back in the day, they had lost because Eric had threw an interception, and that was the lead out against TC Williams, and then Hampton came back. And beat T.C. Williams next year, and um, Eric Hunter was a quarterback. And, you know, I always wonder, why hasn't Hampton High had a movie yet? Why haven't we had a movie? Because we've been on ESPN, you know what I'm saying, back in, like, 97 when Ron Curry was a quarterback. You know, Hampton, I mean, all the high schools out here are good, but Hampton, I mean, it's legendary. Every team on the East Coast knows about Hampton. When Eric was a quarterback at Hampton, all the teams up north, all the big programs up north that would play Hampton in the playoffs, they knew when you play Hampton, you better have your A game. Point blank period. We be coming, we're coming to dominate. And Eric was the force. Eric was that guy who was getting his players' faces. And like you gotta tighten up, you gotta catch that ball, you gotta make that block, you gotta catch that pass. And Eric had a cannon for it, a rifle. When that ball came out of his hand, Either you was going to catch it or the world was going to catch it. Because that's how bullet, he threw a bullet, a, a, a pure bullet. And he had that, that arm, he had that long, length throw. And it's like, you know, Eric, man, that's why it was so important. And I'm telling you, I want to do Eric's documentary now for like the past seven years. Yep. I couldn't do it because I didn't have an ending to it. And unfortunately, it ended July 5th, 2017. And... When I got the info, and I got the phone call that Eric had passed, he got killed, he was murdered. It broke my heart because, once again, I'm talking to the African American community. How do we let people like that get away? You know, right. how how do we just see a legend just fall by the wayside? You know, Eric Hunter would be the equivalent of Alan Iverson right now. That's how we. That's who Eric was. You, you know. Iverson, Go anywhere in Hampton, anywhere, everybody knows who Iverson is to get the ultimate respect. Right. Eric Hunter comes around, it's like, look at the crackhead. Look at the drug addict. Don't be like him in life. You can end up that way. And that's what used to touch my heart because I knew 
if the right person would have got to Eric. And I always say to myself, man, if I would have had the opportunity to really work with Eric, I, I can't say I would have changed him because some things that only God can do. But I do believe I would have sparked in his heart the wantingness to change. You know what I mean? I, I mean, just how much I admired him. And um, I, I played my whole game after Eric. My, my desire was like his, and I just, it breaks my heart, you know, even to this day to just say, you know, for somebody to die like that, to get shot to death, murdered, you know, who, who, was, who, was, who was once upon a time the, the greatest to come out of the Hampton, the Hampton area, such an inspiration for him to just lose his life like that. You know, and, and to how it how it happens just to be in and out of mental facilities, in and out of jail. You know, Eric wasn't no bad person. He wasn't no killer. He was no rapist. He was none of those things. You know, and for him to just get on drugs and to just fall by the wayside, you know, it really just you know it it really just bothers my heart. And I'm gonna tell you something, man. I'm gonna tell you something. You guys don't even understand the importance of your podcast. Right. For you, for you guys to want to take this story and to talk about it and to shed light on air and to shed light on mental health, that's a blessing, man. And it took somebody from the West Coast to do it, the Northwest Coast to do it. You know what I'm saying? Once again, not my neighborhood, no, not Hampton, not Newport News, no, none of the local channels I reached out to. I reached out mm-hmm. to every news channel out here that I could reach out to to do this story about Eric, to give me 10 minutes to talk about Eric on their on their um, network, nobody reached back. Nobody. And he's a legend. Well, well, but yet, some of them went to high school with Eric. Some of them yeah. went to him. But for you guys to not even be from this coast and for you to reach back and want to do this, much respect to you. I salute you. Much respect. Much respect. Well, that, we want to thank you also for giving us that opportunity and you know you hear these stories and it's just it is heartbreaking but you know i guess i got a couple questions for you still but the first thing i want to say is like do you think that eric i as i guess every tragic story you try to find a silver lining too and maybe the silver lining is you know he paved the way for all these guys you're talking about the tyrod taylors Allen iversons the ronald curry's um the ej manuals maybe yeah it didn't all end well for Eric, but maybe Eric paved the way for these guys to have the careers that they did. Uh, if you can find a silver lining to any story. Oh, oh no question. No doubt. Eric, Eric, Eric was the, how can I put it? Eric was the rainbow that bought the pot of gold. Yeah. That's Eric. He was the rainbow. You know, he was the rainbow who brought the pot of gold, the pot of gold being the, Tyrod Taylor, Michael Vick, Ronald Curry, Aaron, um, um, Aaron Brooks, Allen Iverson, E.J. Manuel. Yes, he was that. He was that rainbow. And you know, once again, going back to his situation, for this community to let him just die out like that, shame on you. Shame on you. Because I went to school with people who wasn't, uh, who didn't play uh, quarterback, but they played football. I have a friend right now who's going through a very bad mental health problem, and he's really on drugs real bad. And every time I see him, I never forget to give him a hug. I say, man, I love you, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say his name, but I give him a hug. Yeah. I say, man, I love you. Keep your head up, and I give him a little bit of money. 
try to encourage him. Because you never know, man, how much a hug can do for somebody. You know, and to talk about mental health. And to be honest with you, man, most people don't need medication. They just need some love. Mm-hmm. They need a hug. <laughs> yep. They need somebody to say, hey, man, I, I, I care about you. I love you. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk. You know, and for people to just drive past Eric in the street and to just not even, you know, even try to reach out. You know, now some people did. You know, some people really did try to reach out. But I, sometimes, you know, unfortunately people are just too far gone. It becomes more of a spiritual thing. It becomes too late. And, um, exactly. And it's like, you know, sometimes, you know, it takes God. It really takes God to uh, to really change somebody's life around. And I just personally believe that Eric was at a point in his life where it was like, you know, I think he became okay with where he was at. And Eric, was he wouldn't mind telling you what happened. You know, as my friend um, Harrell Mitchell said on the documentary, you know, Eric told him, you know, what happened to him and what transpired in college. And, um, you know, for that young lady to make that allegation and for those allegations to be dropped, shame on her. You know, shame on her too because I don't think she to this day even know how she affected Eric's life. Yeah, the ramifications after first, you know, that exactly. kind of allegation. And, and you know, the coach that came in, it wasn't Fred Higgins. Fred Higgins was the first coach who recruited Eric. Uh, the, the second coach that came in, you know, as, um, as, um, my man was saying on the documentary, another legend from this area, the, our, our running back, um, God, I can't remember his name. Um, anyway, he's on the documentary. Yep. The Purdue running back, he talked about Eric. He talked about how the, the, the other coach came in, how he said he can't use Eric at quarterback for his system. And he's like, how can you not use Eric? How? He's winning. <laughs> he's winning. And for him to only win like I think it was like a total of 13 games his whole tenure at Purdue. That's just that's sad. You know what I mean? It's sad to have all that, that talent. You know what I mean? That just, you know, like I said, I believe all of it came crashing down when the situation happened. He came back to Virginia, and he's like, you know, where do I go from here? You know what I mean? Football is all I know. You know, and then he had a little stint over in Canada. He went over to play in Canada, but, you know, he came back home. From what I understand, he just wasn't feeling it out there. Yeah. You know, I, and I think Eric, like a lot of great athletes, if it's not the, if it's not the top of the top, I don't want to play. It's like an insult for me to go to Canada. I'm NFL material. And don't get me wrong, Canada has developed some great players. Right. You know, the Herschel I mean, Walker, the Doug Fluties. The, the Warren, you know I mean, I'm right saying? from our backyard, the Warren, you know, Warren Moon, who went to the University of Washington. You know, he went to Canada and came back into the league and had a, you know, Hall of Fame career afterwards. And exactly, you know, but unfortunately, I don't think anybody was in Eric's ear hard enough to be like, Eric, you know, well, look, take your time, play over here in Canada. You know, look at the Warren Moon that came before you. You know, look at the Herschel Walker. Look at the Doug Flutie. These guys made it to the league and dominated. You can do the same thing. But I don't think it was anybody in his ear saying that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, look at look at where he's at. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm Eric Hunter. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm All-American. I'm, you know, freshman of the year. You can't tell me I can't play in the NFL. I'm NFL material. 
Absolutely. He, he was. You know, but once again, you know, when he came back home, the support, I genuinely believe the support was not there. Was not there. And unfortunately, I could not get his high school coach, the um, world-famous Mike Smith, I couldn't really get up with him uh, to do the interview, but I really wanted him on the documentary because he coached Eric his whole time at Hampton High. And I'm sure Mike Smith had great things to say about Eric, and his his um, opinion about Eric would have been so valuable on this documentary. And uh, maybe I could do a follow-up documentary um, for Eric, for the Eric Hunter documentary, to get some more people up there who didn't have opportunity to get up there. But um, definitely, man, Eric Hunter is the with the epitome of a quarterback, and you know his mental health just took a turn for the worse. And like I said, growing up and seeing Eric, and you know seeing the demise, you know for him to, you know to be talking to himself and. You know, you can look at him and tell something wasn't right. It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart, man, because how do you go from being the man without question to being a man that someone just looks at and say, hey, don't be like him? Well, it's sad. I, I, so I, I, it's absolutely. very sad. It's very unfortunate. Yeah, absolutely. I guess my, my, my final question for you, and I'll see if Sammy has any other questions as well, but what would you if you had to you know take anything out of people who watch this documentary or listen to this podcast or read the article we're going to post uh, alongside the podcast what do you want them to get out of this story is it you know if you know someone about mental health you know reach out be careful like what 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 is your message overall on all of this well the message of the documentary is if you see someone that you think is going through some issues, reach out. Don't wait until they get to a point where it's like no return. Mm-hmm. You know, and to all the people that's out there listening, you can overcome mental health stigma. I did it. I'm a published author. Now, I have a book entitled Quotes and Realism that's on Amazon.com right now. That's awesome. You yeah, know, I didn't know about that. It's t- yeah. Feel free to plug the book. Uh, what, tell us a little more about the book. Yeah, um, the book is um, Close and Realism by Matthew Griffin. It's my first published book. It's on Amazon.com. Um, I publish it through Christian Faith Publishing. No pun intended, this book is for anybody. You know, I don't care if you're Christian, Muslim, atheist, black, white, transgender, gay, straight, lesbian. It doesn't matter. My quotes are original, and they're to inspire people. Man, that, um, yeah, that's awesome. Quote that, yeah, I have one quote that says... Um, People say the sky is the limit. I say you limit yourself when you see the sky. I like that a lot, man. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, and then Nike, you need to stop playing and go ahead and, <laughs> and go ahead and get that quote from me because I've been trying to get it to him. Like, hey, Nike, yeah, put this on your brand. It'll, it'll, it'll go. But no, nonetheless, I'm, I'm starting a... Uh, no, that, that's awesome. And where can... Uh, I think we might have had a quick... Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we, we had this connection issue there for a second. And where can people – do you have a Twitter? I know I have you on Instagram. Uh, where can people find you if they want to follow you as well? Yeah, I'm out on Instagram at ThoughtsMatter1982. All right, cool. That's Thoughts I'm also Ma- on Twitter at okay. FPoet. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah say so. that again on the Twitter part. Yeah, uh, tw- 
Yeah, Twitter. Twitter. You can find me on Twitter uh, at Death Poet. That's at D F P O E T. And on Facebook, uh, Facebook is Matthew Griffin. You'll see my uh, my profile pic has me and my wife and daughter, and then the other picture has my book up there, Quotes and Realism. You can follow me on Instagram at Thoughts Matter One Nine Eight Two. Mostly Instagram. That's that's where I'm on the most. I think that's probably the best platform for me right now. And how I met you guys. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So, I think uh, Twitter, I mean, uh, Instagram is definitely where you can find me at majority of the time. But um, I'm starting a uh, clothing line. It's called T-Quotes by No Sky LLC. And basically, T-Quotes is all my quotes I'm putting on T-shirts. That's why I call it T-Quotes. I like T-shirt, that. you know, quote, T-Quotes. So, um, yes, yes. Um, uh, matter of fact, I'm going to see you guys something. You got to give me your size. And what color you want. I'm going to send you guys some. I'm going to send you a copy of my book, too, free of charge, man. Oh, man, that would be like awesome. That. We'd love that, man. We'll make sure we we'll put, put it over that social media. All stuff. over social media. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. Definitely. I love it. I And we'll make sure to put all, put all that, uh, your social media and all that stuff in the write-up we do so people can check you out there. And, uh, I mean, I guess one big thing that I want to say is to Sammy here. Uh, one big thing for me is, you know, that I – took out of all this and you know you said most people don't know what it means to just get a hug right or to just be reached out to when it's times of uh when there is mental health issues going on and uh i think that is important and i I do think it's really important that mental health becomes more of an available topic which we've seen some athletes recently you know like the kevin loves came out last year was a big big thing coming out talking about mental mental health um, and I think that's huge. Um, I'm somebody that pretty openly talks about having anxiety. I mean, pretty much everybody, family, friends knows I suffer from anxiety, sometimes panic attacks. And I hit it for like 18 years. And in college one day I was like, you know what? I'm pretty much just going to tell anybody that I suffer from this. And since that day forward, you know, like I just feel better when I can tell somebody like, Hey, I'm going through something right now. And they're like, Oh, okay. Let me know if you need anything. That honestly puts me at comfort 99% of the time where a lot of people hide it because it's not masculine, you know, or it's not, you don't want people to think something's wrong with you. So I think it is really important that people, you know, continue to make it, uh, an available topic where, you know, there's nothing wrong with you if you have a mental health issue. It's really just something that you sometimes need to talk through. Sometimes you need someone to support you. Like and, you said, sometimes and, you need love. And, and, and that's all it is. Definitely. And Go I want to say one more quick thing, too. Um, one thing that's very important, uh, and I don't want to stress this. I don't know if you guys are familiar with, like, uh, The Breakfast Club. It's they, a uh, the rate- company with them. Yeah, the yeah, po- yeah, the podcast radio show. Charlemagne of the God, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Charlemagne of the God. Charlemagne, that's how you say it. I'll say it wrong. <laughs> okay, no, no, and I'm saying this directly to Charlemagne the God. I want him to hear this. Anybody that <laughs> don't tag him in this podcast, <laughs> stop putting celebrities on your show who know nothing about mental health, but we put people on this show because it sells. That is a huge problem. Not just a breakfast club. Anybody with a platform that big... Stop putting celebrities on your show to talk about something they don't know nothing, have no idea about. You know, multi-millionaires, all they want to do is get it all, oh, yeah, you know, mental health, because my father went through it, my sister went through it, but you didn't go through. Mm-hmm. You know, we love to put people on a pedestal 
who has nothing to do with a topic, but it sells because their name is big. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. I mean, if you don't... You know... It, you can't it, be an it, expert it, on it. It's, 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 it's ridiculous how people talk about mental health, but then they have these platforms like The Breakfast Club, and they never put nobody on their show, such as myself. If you don't want to put me up there, put somebody up there who's really been through it. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Like, who, go ahead. I know what you're saying. I mean, even if you want to put a celebrity to talk about mental health, talk about a celebrity that's come out and talked about mental health, like a Kevin Love. Not, you know, don't you don't need to put some don't don't be talking about topics that you know have nothing to do with that certain person, and they're just kind of talking or about they say, it with I no know knowledge. Someone. You know, like you're not going to put me on a sports podcast talking about hockey. I don't watch hockey. Like I, that would just be <laughs> it would just be lying, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Then you have, they, they always put doctors and these psychologists who, who, they put psychologists, these world, world-renowned psychologists on their shows, but this is the thing, even the psychologists need someone to talk to. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> you know interesting way to put it. Yeah, that's a great way to look and at so, it. So, you know what I mean? Have somebody like me up there who's been through it, who's lived it, who's gone through it. You know, stop putting the, and that's just the world in general. Stop, you know, stop feeling like, now that's why I got so much respect for you guys because you didn't look at me as saying like, oh, how many how many followers do we have on his page? Or, you know, what has he done that's so great? You just said, this man got a story to tell. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you felt that, and I respect you for doing that so much. You know what I mean? I, and then I look at myself and, and, I, and I embrace you guys. You don't have to be ESPN, though I reached out to him. Because I do want to do an ESPN 30 for 30, the Eric Hunter story. <laughs> just, yeah. just to plug that in. And, 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 and yes, ESPN 30 for 30, get at me. You need to do that. <laughs> Eric Hunter deserves a 30 for 30, yes. But um, for you guys to want to do the story, you know, I, I, much respect to you. And like I said, you will be blessed. Your your podcast will grow. It will, get, it will, it will have millions of followers because humbleness. Humbleness will get you much further than any other thing in the world because when you humble yourself, people are attracted to people that they can relate to. 100%. I appreciate that. Humble, we really appreciate when that. When you're humble, people feel they, feel they feel almost obligated to come to you because it's like, you know what? I respect you for what you do because you're humble about it. And I, and I love you guys for that, man. Definitely. I love you guys for it. Keep doing your thing, man. Keep getting these interviews, man. Keep keep bringing the podcast and keep and, and keep reaching out to people, man. People reach out to you; they got a great story. Hey, man, embrace them because you just never know who's going to be that person that's going to take your podcast to another level. You just never know. One hundred percent. We appreciate those words, man. We appreciate you coming on because uh, no matter how big a podcast gets, I know something me and me and George Voss talked about is you know always finding some authentic stories finding something cool interesting meaningful um i think you know like you said a lot of big time media right now there's too much focus on just interviewing celebrities and interviewing other former athletes there's not really a focus on finding interesting new meaningful stories and uh something that we could hopefully forever do is you know make a random Twitter or Instagram relationship with somebody and say, Hey, let's, you have a story to tell. Let's talk about it. Even if, you know, one day we do have millions of followers, it'd be awesome to be able to help boost somebody else's story or help somebody get their message out. Definitely. Definitely. 
Absolutely. What you learn from success is that you learned from your failure. So when you are successful, that's not it. It's what you, your failures helped you get to your success. You learned when you failed, not when you got up. Hundred percent. Absolutely. You know, it's 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 funny because we were just talking about that in the podcast we just recorded before this about the NBA finals, and we were talking about the Milwaukee Bucks and how. You know, their failures this year of Giannis's first time going through the playoffs like this deep is going to lead him to future success. So it kind of just wraps exactly what like, we're talking yeah, about today. His losing is the best lesson he's going to learn. Is kind of exactly what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Oh, I like that. I appreciate the quote. And, of course, we're going to make sure uh, in the write-up we do about, the, about this, we'll make sure to put the YouTube link in there, put your book link in there, mm-hmm. social media, hopefully be able to spread a message and uh, – Obviously, you know, hopefully if we continue to grow, we can do this again one day to yeah. try to get spread the message even more. No doubt, man. I look I look forward to it. We definitely going to keep in contact. Hey, man, I, I just want to let you guys know the document. I want everybody to know who hears this, hears this podcast. It is the documentary is not the end of the Eric Hunter story. I am reaching hard for people such as Netflix, people such as HBO to get that documentary on that platform. I can't do it by myself. I need you guys to spread the word. HBO, Netflix, any of those platforms, number nine, the Eric Hunter documentary, it needs to be seen. Mental health is important. We can overcome this together, but we have to start, we gotta start with each other. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, on, a no, I'm on a no celebrity campaign right now. I, I want all my normal people. <laughs> you know I, mean? I want my people who really cry. You know, I got to and say, "Hey, I got some issues." You know what I mean? 100%. That's who I want to talk to. Definitely, man. Hundred percent. Awesome, man. It was a, uh, it was great doing this with you, and uh, hopefully, we'll spread the message as much as we can, and hopefully, we keep fighting mental health and, like you said, uh, continue uh, the story, Eric Hunter, and uh, hopefully, uh, we can do this again one day. Definitely, man. I look forward to you guys, man. I really look forward. You guys have a good one. Hey, you, you too, too, man. We appreciate All it. Right. No doubt. All Take right. Take care. Take care. All right, peace. They said we should just tell you to try McDonald's Buttermilk Crispy Chicken Biscuit for breakfast, and we shouldn't make a big deal out of it. But how can we not? It's crispy, juicy chicken on a warm buttermilk biscuit brushed with butter, and you can enjoy it for breakfast for only $3 on the McDonald's one two three dollar menu? Oh, forget it. We're making this a big deal. That's more like it. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Right now at T-Mobile, get an awesome iPhone XR on us when you bring your family over and trade in your old device. Because whether you have mom, dad, or a friend on your mind, it's a gift so bold and brilliant, you'll want to keep it for yourself. Most importantly, it's on us in six vibrant colors. Plus, with unlimited everything from T-Mobile, the awesome iPhone XR will have everyone snapping, streaming, and sharing to their heart's content all year long. But don't wait. It's only for a limited time. So visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE and get iPhone XR on us. 
congested, customers using more than 50 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds due to prioritization. Video at 480p via 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers plus tax. Qualifying trade-in, port-in, service, and finance agreement required. Contact us before canceling our credit stop and remaining balance due. 64 gigs, zero down, plus 3125 per month for 24 months. Pre-credit price, $749.99, 0% APR. One offer per account.